Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 27. Body Count by Kevin Eastman on Top Shelf. TMNT! Not really a TMNT book, though. <laughs> it's not TMNT if, I guess, your impression of TMNT is the movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, my understanding is, like, a lot of TMNT stuff gets pretty gnarly. But not to this level. This is this something is, else. Well, this is also on, like, an imprint. Oh, yeah? For adults-only type of thing. Okay. So that's why we see very erect nipples often. Very, very pointy nipples. Yes. Yeah, like extremely so. How are they not daggers? I don't know. How did they not tear through uh, the string that was uh, <laughs> hiding them? Because it's leather. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's Kevlar. Kevlar. Nipple armor. <laughs> and and we only have uh, Raphael. Yeah. None of the other Ninja Turtles. Nope. It's uh, Raph and Casey. It's like their old little adventure Side adventure in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Because fucking Pittsburgh. I went to get... Well, I don't know. Yeah. No idea why they were there. (laughs) No fucking clue. I was going to say pizza, but no. That's New York and Chicago, so... Well, Pittsburgh has... uh, It's like a trucker sandwich. Okay. And they basically... It's a history of basically... They got to a point where they put all the sides on the sandwich so truckers could eat it while driving. So it has, like, french fries or other junk on the sandwich itself. That sounds delicious. I forget what it's called, but there's, like, that's Pittsburgh's thing. Yeah. Is just everything on a sandwich. On a sandwich. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. This book was like an 80s action movie. Yeah. Nonstop. You start out with a bar fight, basically. Mm -hmm. And then that falls into the outside. And then it's a gunfight. Yep. And then it turns from a gunfight into a car chase. Yep. <laughs> it, it never. It literally never stops for a single moment. It is just death and mayhem the entire way through. No, no reprieve from yeah. the action. And even the flashback was a lot of death and mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't like this book as much as I thought I was going to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's. It's fun for what it is, I suppose, if you just want to see a bunch of death and mayhem. Right. Because there's a lot of exploding heads. Oh, and one thing. Uh, this is the second book in a row in which we have a man punching through another person's chest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Power, Power fist. Power Power fist. fist. <laughs> I, I, I did like how morphed and exaggerated a lot of the facial features were. Oh, yeah. Especially when they were punched or kicked. Right. Like, oh, that's pretty cool looking. Very bulbous. Right. There's, um, there's like an aspect of like Ren and Stimpy. A little bit, yeah. Art in there. Yeah, where yeah. it's just like extreme grotesque, grotesque, grotesqueness. Yes. And like close-ups and just, just details that you don't really need to see, but we're going to show it to you. Yeah, I appreciated that, honestly. Yeah. I, I didn't make that connection with 
Ren and Stimpy-ness. Yeah. Yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it, it almost felt like, uh, and I'll circle back into it a little bit, some of the later 80s, early 90s Punisher books I've read, in that it's one-note violence, basically. Yeah. Gang-related stuff. And then in one of the panels, a guy is wearing a Punisher shirt. So it's, Really? Yep. Like, background cast okay. type of situation. So it read, It was probably influenced quite a bit by some Punisher reading right. on Eastman's part. The art, like, really, I just want to talk about the art. Yeah. Because the story is just like, whatever. It's... Literally whatever. Fuck yeah, it. it really doesn't fucking matter. Um, first, the depiction of Wrath just kind of, like, morphs throughout the entire book. I like cocaine Wrath <laughs> when he's high off of shooting people. <laughs> But I, I want to point out the very first instance where when you see Raph, it's like a full-page spread. And he looks like a fucking eldritch horror. Yeah. Because, like, his muscles are just, it just didn't seem right. And they're and veiny, got, too. Yeah, weird veins. And his toes, like, one of them was, like, weirdly clawed. And yep. the other one was, <laughs> it's just really disturbing. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, throughout the, the, the book, I mean, it is style but like yeah he, like the way he's defi- depicted kind of shifts as needed or whatever right but in my head canon um i decided to believe that ninja turtles aren't actually turtles uh they are eldritch horrors that we perceive in turtle-ish form but they're nice nice eldritch horrors yeah the cuddly ones okay yeah the cuddly ones. I could see that. It was interesting, though, going back to the gun thing, how it felt like they were trying to be Eastman, maybe, anti-gun. I don't know if it was him or if he was just trying to portray, like, Casey Jones mm-hmm. and having a lesson with Raph. Because Raph initially was like, oh, I hate guns. And then Raph starts shooting people with Uzis, which I thought was great. <laughs> If anyone out of the Ninja Turtles is going to shoot Uzis, it's Raph. Right. And then he gets gun crazy, in like the coked out panel, and he becomes to really love it. And then afterwards, there was like a lesson learned about how guns are bad. And the whole time, Casey Jones is like, guns are bad. I hate, I hate guns. guns. I hate guns. I hate guns. I hate guns. It's like, oh, okay. And it just felt like it shouldn't have even been in there. You're trying to yeah. teach a lesson in this book? Nah. Not this book. But it also made me start to wonder, and I'm going to ask you instead of answer, if the other Ninja Turtles were to have a type of gun that is their shtick, like a class, because they all had their own weapon, what would their guns be? Oh. And it doesn't have to be like make and model because that's just too much, but type of gun. I think Leonardo is probably a sniper. Shit. I, I pegged Donatello as a sniper person. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But either of those, really. Yeah, I don't know. And it, <laughs> this and is going to take some thought. Michelangelo would have an RPG. A bazooka. Okay. Because <laughs> it's just ridiculous and hilarious. <laughs> and then I kind of pictured uh, Leonardo as more of a six-shooter, wannabe Western type of fella. I can see that. Yeah. My alternate to Michelangelo was a shotgun. 
but that's not as ridiculous as his character should be. No, that's that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was just a fun little thought I had. I was like, oh, I wonder what the other Ninja Turtles will have. Because Raps aren't in love with Uzis. Right. So. And I like how he snaps off the trigger guard. Yes, with his, to stick his yeah. finger, I guess. Yeah, because his yeah. fingers wouldn't, wouldn't fit in there. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, how much power does he have in his fucking two fingers? He literally just, he pinched it off. Yeah. Index and thumb, <laughs> or what turtles would have as index and thumb. Just snap, and it came off. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. No wonder why they kick so much ass. Right? They Like, if they could snap off, you know, a piece of metal like that, they will... I'm surprised we didn't see more uh, fists through chests. Yeah, at that point. <laughs> yeah. I'm very surprised. I'm, I'm curious what the rationale was behind Casey Jones' America mask, too. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of dumb. Just yeah. keep a regular hockey... And it was stylized weird... Kind of like a Groot head, almost. Weird and pointy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, made it made his face look flat. Yeah. Like, 2D. Didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't like it. And it's just a lot of weird art decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I want... Did you notice the weird elephant and the chimp? Yes, I, the hat? I certainly did. <laughs> what? And I fucking loved it. It was Just, fun. I wish it would have been consistently that, that, uh, I'm not going to say awkward, but. It's kind of random. Yeah. You know? If it was consistently that, that could have been the theme of the book. Right. I don't know what the, if this has any place in continuity or not. I have, I don't, I admittedly don't know Ninja Turtles continuity at all. Yeah. But I could see it being a standalone because it's not in New York. It's just one. So why not give us more. People, animals, animal people. Yeah, that that had actually nothing to do with whatever was going on. No, it was a. I thought it was a pleasant treat. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's oh, that's great. Because as we had mentioned, the boring is just garbage. The boring is garbage. <laughs> the boring is garbage. <laughs> the story is garbage. <laughs> and and the main character is someone is a lady. I forgot her name already. Uh, Midnight. Midnight. I don't know anything about Midnight. Do you? Nope. No clue. Main character. Yeah. Midnight. She fucked up in China, and now she's fucking up in Pittsburgh. By the sounds of it. <laughs> That's Midnight. With her uh, <laughs> absurdly sharp nipples. Yeah, dagger nipples. That's how she wins. She goes around nippling people's eyes out. Gives you a hug and just like pierces through your heart. You just immediately die from a hug. Death hug. What this book should have been called. Death hug. Death hug. (laughs) And she just travels around with a band of chimps and monkey and elephant people. Yep. And then there's Raph and Casey tagging along. Yes. Well, Rap would fit in. Casey can go fuck himself. That's true. Go find Splinter. That's another. It's like Casey doesn't really do anything. No, he he he, I mean, he beats up a bunch of people, and he makes it clear that he hates guns. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was there to say, I hate guns. I hate guns. <laughs> oh, it's 
It's an interesting read. Yeah, and, and they, I didn't know this until further research. This came out, the collected edition came out in like 2018. Yeah. It's apparently a bunch of different story bits from like in the 90s, I guess, that was recently collected huh. or something. I don't. I didn't dig too deep because I didn't care enough. Well, the, all I know is it wasn't written in 2018. Yeah, I mean the art and like especially the lettering uh, does look like something from the 90s. Right. So that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting like. Just read Lobo. Yeah. If, or read Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Batman. Crossover. That was fun. That was super fun. That was really fun. I never went back and read the second one. I think I have. Anyway, <laughs> this is not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book. It has rap in it, but it's not a TMNT book. And read Lobo if you want this. Should we read Lobo? All right, let's put it on the list. Yeah. We'll read it in, I think I counted last night, like nine months. Nine months? That's how Jesus far out we are. Christ. <laughs> Okay. I like it, though. We just go to the thing. Right. Okay, that's what we're reading, and then we do it. You can read it ahead of time. I'm just not going to talk to you peek. about it. A bu- uh, behind the scenes action. <laughs> that's that's free. Um, we, we don't charge you Patreon stuff or behind the scenes stuff, apparently. That's true. <laughs> Meh. Meh. Uh, the album this, uh, this time is Ad Nauseum. Imperative, imperceptible impulse, or as I like to call it, ay 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 ay. I was thinking triple I, yeah, it, and it's just like a budget version of Triple H from WWE. <laughs> well, wouldn't it technically like a step above his eyes? Well, yeah, but first is before second. That's true. Yeah, because F is way worse than A. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a budget version of Triple H. It came out this year uh, on Avant Garde uh, Music. And it's weird and bonkers. It is. So much so that the first time I listened to it, I wanted to stop listening to it halfway through. <laughs> because it was. I was also tired at the time. So yeah. it's a different listening experience, I'm sure. You audience folk have different moods. You listen to things. It's when I first listened to it, too much shit was happening to where it just was a wall of noise, essentially, mm-hmm. to me. It's not if you're able to sit and kind of focus on what's going on. I was unable to at the time. And I was fucking done with it before it was over. And then I went back and gave it some more lessons. Right. But... Well, I actually had the same reaction. Yeah. It was. Like, I mean, I dig all this, like, really dense and, like, chaotic stuff anyways. But for this particular album, it was a little too much for me the first listen I, uh, the first time I listened to it. Yeah. And then I went back, you know. As we do. Yeah, as we do. And I was able to appreciate the album more. Now, I'll say this. I like the second half of the album more than the first half. I would agree. Especially, I... The second half of the self-titled song mm-hmm. was super interesting to me because it was doing its chaos nonsense avant-garde thing that they like to do on this album. I assume their whole musical thing is this, but I've only listened to this album. And there was a point in that song to where it kind of, all of these pieces 
were doing kind of their own thing, but then it somehow melded together into a really awesome rhythm mm -hmm. of all these different instruments, and it was captivating, I'll say. Oh, yeah. It was really cool. I was like, oh, that, that worked out. I don't know how you did it, but I can kind of zone out just slightly on this song, and then all those sounds that you're doing make this really cool-sounding rhythm, mm -hmm. basically. It's like, stuff like that always really interests me. Like, really dense, chaotic music. I always wonder, like, how do they work this stuff out? Yeah. You know, there's a one guy who, you know, diligently sits there and just, like, plots out every little note or whatever. Or do they literally... Because I have a hard time imagining them jamming. Like, and coming. Yeah. It's got to be... Up to two people, like, diligently saying, this will work, this won't work. Right. These sounds together make a cat run up the stairs. <laughs> and it's got to be, so. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, um, so a lot of this album reminds me of the very first Ulcerate album, where they were far more chaotic. Mm. And, well, okay, yeah, that's, it's my least favorite Ulcerate album out of all of them, but... It reminds me a lot of that, at least the first half. And then the second half of this album reminds me a lot of Death Spell. Okay, yeah. Which is a lot... I mean, it's still super chaotic, but... Right. There are almost moments where you can, like, kind of hum a melody to it. Mm hmm I also appreciated how it is very firmly planted. Although it's avant-garde and weird shit's happening... Is very firmly planted in in the death metal realm. Oh yeah. Versus some of the other stuff we've listened to, which is like Black Death or Black or mm -hmm. this nebulous thing. This one is death metal. It's just really fucking weird death metal. Right. It's uh, well, I guess it doesn't really sound like Gorguts. Uh, um, not obscure from Wisdom to Hate, but it's got that kind of when you listen to from Wisdom to Hate, you don't think. Anything other than really death metal, right? Yeah, it's it's got that same kind of feel. It's it's very different from what people would associate with death metal. Yeah, it's but, not Cannibal Corpse, yeah. you know. But you can't really lump it in into any other genre necessarily. Right. No, no. I well, how do you know anything about the label Avant Garde Music? Um, because this fits on there, but it just right. seems like. A cop-out name. <laughs> Is it just them and they're self-publishing under that or something? No, apparently it's uh, been a label since uh, the 90s. Oh, okay. And they do, you know, Black and Death. Gotcha. Uh, but I, I think more recently they started signing more weirdo bands. Okay, cool. Yeah. Huh, well, it fits. Yeah. I just had never heard of them before. And the name is just like... I'm going to name my label Thrash Metal. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Though I suppose that is very avant-garde of them. Sure. <laughs> it's like, why come up with this crazy outlandish... It is what it is this right. time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are you turning it on its head? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked how this album ended. Because there's oh, yeah. a, a period... It's, I don't know, it almost feels, because the music basically stops, mm -hmm. and it's just no noise. It's like a bit of hi-hat, keeping the y yeah, beat, and yeah. then like, 
really sparse chords right. that, uh, that are clean, played clean. It, it basically feels like you've either died mm-hmm. after all this nonsense or, or reached some level of transcendence, which I guess death could be also. Yeah. It was like, oh, that's interesting. All this chaos, and now it's just kind of a peaceful segment at the end. Right. And then it closes the album out. Yeah. And there's little bits of that, like, at least throughout the second half of the album as well. Yeah. Where things, like, get really quiet and really, quote, unquote, calm before things pick back up abruptly. Right. Yeah. And that, again, reminds me a lot of uh, what Death Spell does, um, especially on a Facite, where there's, like, just these stretches of, like, almost silence. Mm. Uh, before it explodes into like the next section, and it's, I appreciate that like when it's well done. At the same time, sometimes I just want to like <laughs> just like give me thirty minutes of straight nonstop pulverizing the blender. Yeah, put me in a blender and put it on uh, what whatever the highest setting is. Blend? (laughs) (laughs) Liquify. Turn my brain into mush. Uh, I want to be a living pile of mashed potatoes. (laughs) End of this album. No silence. (laughs) Only no chunks. I want no chunks left. I don't suppose I'm ever going to listen to this band willingly again. Fair. I think uh, the first album is a little more digestible. But why? Like, I'm not asking you yeah. why is it more digestible. I'm asking, like, why do I care? Ooh. And the answer is I don't. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> There's plenty of other shit. Yeah. Like Ulcerate, for example. That's true. And Gorguts, for yeah. example. I, I like, I like the, well, I, I do like the first album better so i probably will lean towards listening to the first album as opposed to this particular one but i also really do like the second half of the album so maybe what i'll do is go to Bandcamp and buy the last three songs there you go yeah you can do that or if they have an lp out buy the lp and only listen to one side <laughs> just like carve up the other side right so you can never listen to right. it right <laughs> I, I I'll use um a crayon right. Do not listen. It's I would go see them, but seeing as they're from Italy, I doubt they're ever gonna be. They're already in fringe music, and then they're in the fringe of that fringe mm-hmm. music. There, I doubt it's happening ever. Yeah, I I mean like, without having to travel. Maryland Death Fest, maybe. Right. But that's like a big maybe. Right. But then again, Psycho Vegas also books some, you know, weirdo bands. They do. The time. Yeah, they do. Oh my God, are you going? Um, It's Merciful Fate. Yeah. I really need to. I'm so bad about buying tickets these days. Just, just because, like, just do it. It's been a year. It's been like two years where I haven't had to buy any tickets at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I need to buy a ticket. I they announced the early bird thingy, and I immediately purchased. Yeah, just like, oh my god, because it's yeah. merciful fate, right. emperor, mayhem, satiricon. 
other bands I can't remember right now. But Merciful Fate sold, and it was like a hundred bucks off. Right. Like you won't be able to buy it for the well, price no. I paid. No, I won't. Because it's over. <laughs> but I bought it immediately because it's Merciful fucking Fate. And the worst case scenario is you get a refund because COVID never stops. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Can't yeah, stop, won't stop. Mm, yeah, I, I really need to get on that. Maybe I'll do it after this. I do. How? What? Which is your favorite Merciful Fate album? Is it? <sighs> I don't have one. Uh, I'm. I'm just gonna say, don't break the oath because that was my first one. Yeah. So, nostalgic value. Fair. Yeah. It fucking rules. Mm-hmm. All of it rules. It's it's all very, <laughs> very fucking good. Now, the related question, favorite King Diamond? Oh. I don't know, man. Well, you said it, and the first thing that came to my head was the eye. Okay. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's just what popped into my head, right. so there's something there. Right. I think mine is probably either them or Conspiracy. Yeah. Well, I mean... But that's, you know... <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? It's all, you're allowed. It's good. Yeah. It's fucking more than good. You're allowed yeah. to like those the most. Like, right. Like I said, the only reason why... That's just what popped into my head. That can change next week. Right. Because they're all fucking great. They are. They... Well, not all, but oh. the bulk of the earlier catalog is fucking great. Right. Yeah. When is that new album, what, The Asylum? Is that what it's called? I'm pretty sure. Was that? I don't know. Been... I've heard one, two songs. They actually released songs from it? Live. Oh, okay. I think it was two songs. It might have just been one. It sounded fine. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. It's well, been like I, fucking three or four years now, right? Since they it has said or they announced the album. It has. So it, it's not really due to COVID. It can't be, right? He, they could be. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Merciful Fate. Yeah, go, go listen to Merciful Fate. Way better than Ad Nauseum. <laughs> That's, yeah. You'll probably have a better time listening to it than Ad Nauseum. <laughs> Dingus and Dongus. They mock